Welcome to CrossFit Versus Pregnancy, the podcast for the first time or new fit mum who's looking for reassurance and guidance about training throughout their pregnancy. I'm Misha, a coach who went from competitive bodybuilder to crossfitter to expecting first time mum all in 18 months. Having searched through what feels like the entire web for do's and don'ts, I realised that the best way I could prepare for a CrossFit baby would be to speak to those with first-hand experience and share mine week by week. From coaches to athletes, new mums to veteran parents, you can follow my CrossFit pregnancy journey as well as learn from those who have successfully lived through it. Welcome back, guys. So... We are into episode two. I'm really excited to to be back. And now I'm eight weeks pregnant. Last time I was six weeks. So yes, it's only a couple of weeks down the line. But as I said in the first episode, I feel like this first trimester is full of so many questions. Well, I certainly am with it being my first pregnancy. So today I'm fortunate enough to be joined by the wonderful Charlotte again. Hi, Charlotte. Hi. Hi. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good, good. And the reason I'm grateful for Charlotte to be here is in this time of uncertainty and new experiences, Charlotte, an ex-midwife, is going to be answering plenty of my questions, perhaps some of the ones that I didn't get answered or didn't feel comfortable being answered in my first eight-week appointment, which I had literally at the start of this week. So I'm hoping that Charlotte's going to be able to answer a few more of those questions. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Fingers crossed, yeah. So as I said, I've had my first eight-week appointment with my midwife. And the reason I want to share my experience is because I think it's really important to say that the experience that I had, I don't think everyone will have. I'm not saying it was a terrible experience. I'm not saying I left feeling worried or scared or anything like that. I'm far beyond any of those feelings anyway. But I certainly anticipated the conversation when it came to training and I wasn't wrong. So just Charlotte, give us a little insight into what that eight week first first midwife meeting is all about. Yeah, so it's your first appointment, usually with your midwife that's going to be following you through the whole journey of your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. It's not always that way. It depends on how um, that sort of team works. You might have a team of two or three midwives, um, but usually it is your midwife that carries you through the whole of your pregnancy. Mm. In that first appointment, it's usually around an hour and a half, particularly if it's your first pregnancy, yep. there's lots of questions that we ask, mainly surrounding your medical history mm-hmm. and um, finding out a little bit about more, more about you, yourself, your partner and yep. their medical history as well. Mm-hmm. And then we give you tons of information of how your journey through pregnancy will potentially look so if we feel that you need to see a doctor at any point during the pregnancy we'll potentially discuss that with you then we Mm -hmm. will take your blood pressure we will take quite a few different blood tests Mm -hmm. and take a urine sample Mm -hmm. urine samples are really important and we take them every single appointment so make sure you have drunk Drunk before you go into your appointment or done mm. a urine sample before you go into your appointment. Interesting. We'll you come back to that. Try and squeeze one out. Yeah. <laughs> Mid appointment. <laughs> Definitely. With nothing in you. And then, yeah, we should 
should answer all of your questions. If it's your second baby or subsequent babies, um, the appointment itself can be a little bit shorter and a little bit more mm. simple just because we have some information surrounding your previous pregnancies and birth already. And yeah, usually you don't tend to have as many questions second time round. Sure, yeah, but makes sense. That's not always the case. Some people yeah. have loads and loads of new questions because of what happened in their previous pregnancy. Sure, yeah, I get that too. Yeah, it's it's a long one, and it's usually it's usually quite a nice chat. It was when I was a midwife; it was my favourite part of uh, Antonia's just getting to know people. That's interesting because okay, so. I can imagine that with you. I can imagine that it would be a really nice experience. And again, I'm not saying it was a horrible experience. However, it was really underwhelming. I had no idea what to expect apart from knowing that it was going to be basically a full background check on me, on Ollie. (laughs) I knew that was coming. I knew it wasn't going to be, that bit wasn't going to be particularly exciting. But I think because it's my first pregnancy and we're really excited, it was our first time really... talking about it in depth with someone I guess I was just expecting a little bit more excitement back now I know this is her job (laughs) and I'm not expecting her to be bouncing off the walls but there wasn't yeah it was definitely underwhelming is the key word yeah and when I the first let's say hurdle that we encountered was when pretty soon on when we talked about what I do for a living which obviously I'm a coach so as soon as I said that I was a, a, a non-professional sports coach, because that's the easiest way to explain it to someone who perhaps doesn't understand the, the industry or know much about fitness or whatever, she gasped. Gasped. <laughs> she gasped and said, have you done a risk assessment? I said, I'm sorry, what do you mean have I done a risk assessment? She said, well, knowing that I was self-employed, is there any kind of risk assessment I can do to the severity of my activity on a day-to-day basis? And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think you've got my job wrong. Uh, I don't I'm actually... I'm not climbing no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not climbing mountains and going on marathon runs every day. I sit at a computer. Like, I'm an online coach and I work with my clients completely remotely. So she went, oh, okay, okay, fine. That's, that's okay. <laughs> she calmed back down again. She calmed down, but yeah, but then, but then I obviously <laughs> scared her again because then I thought, well, now's the opportune time to, to mention the fact that I trained like an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Just so, that in there. Yeah. So I said, yeah, well, Send that's her heart rate back up again. Exactly. And just was waiting for all the judgment or maybe not even judgment, just perhaps what what I experienced was just a lack of understanding. I think that's the easiest way to put it. So then I said, well, yeah, that's my, that's my job, but I do exercise a lot. I, I'm a competitive athlete and I train and obviously I'm not competing currently or plan to do whilst I'm pregnant, but that's how, that's how I train. I mentioned that I do CrossFit. I don't think she knew what that was, if I'm completely honest, which is fine. I, I'm not... If she didn't know what your job as a non-professional right. sports coach was <laughs> I don't think she would get the very true the, the hobby of the hobby of uh, CrossFit right so anyway so it, I kind of gave her a brief summary to anyone that you know it it became pretty apparent that she wasn't particularly into fitness herself or at all in whatever capacity and she sort of said in a roundabout way well you shouldn't be doing that 
and so I thought to reassure her that I was it was my job to advise and coach and train others you know whether they're in the same situation or not I said I'm not worried I have a coach who is aware that I'm pregnant who I see and I'm with every time that I'm exercising I have approached other professionals and asked for their advice I've also done a lot of my research about my sport and limitations around being pregnant I feel really confident that I know how to execute this safely and that was the key thing that I wanted to get across that I'm not doing anything unsafe and she kind of just bypassed like she didn't listen to me and then she said well you know you are gonna have to kind of stop doing that <laughs> or that's you really a, can't such a shame that that's yeah. the response that you got yeah I, I agree I agree did I expect it maybe not quite as extreme as as it happened yeah it could have been worse she didn't sort of say stop doing it now she didn't get angry (laughs) but but you know I think what I left with was the conversation that we'd had last week about meeting a midwife like you is rare much like meeting a GP who understands that you are a competitive athlete and if you get injured or sick how much that can influence not only your physical but your mental health as well it's very rare that you get someone that would be like no I completely understand we need to get this sorted so that you can get back to it I didn't anticipate being like yeah carry on yeah I know exactly what CrossFit is in fact I do it myself I wasn't expecting that but (laughs) I did feel judged I was disappointed that I didn't feel heard but it hasn't changed my approach and actually if anything has changed my approach it was our conversation last week and learning from you perhaps exactly what you said one of the things that you said to me last week was it's understanding the why as opposed to just being told not to or to do something I want to know why and yeah so learning from you last week was really helpful so when I when I went to her and wanted to know why she didn't have an answer she just said just don't do it so don't do it yeah so we know that that wouldn't be your view what do you think is is that something that you are unsurprised or are you surprised or unsurprised about her reaction personally I'm not surprised Mm -hmm. I'm slightly surprised that she sort of said yeah you're gonna need to stop that but I also think that's more from the way that I know that I would approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly if someone came to me and said that they did a sport that I didn't know what it was, I would maybe say, okay, well, I'm going to personally do some research about the sport so I can best advise you myself. Right. right. Or, or maybe I would discuss it with another midwife that I know maybe knows a little bit more about sports mm-hmm. and different kinds of sports. Or I would say that you'd need to definitely discuss it with your coach and make sure that your coach has some form of training in pregnancy mm-hmm. um, and understand your pregnancy mm-hmm. and how best to support you through that process right? rather than just saying, just don't do it. Mm-hmm. But I'm I think... also the type of person that isn't like, I'm, I don't come across as a person that is just don't do it. It's okay, well, I'm going to research it. I'm going to look into how I can help right. you. And point you in the right direction Mm. because I can't help you myself if Mm -hmm. that makes sense it does and 
I think most people in whatever line of work they do, unless they are dishonest and perhaps, I don't know, it's their line of work to be misleading. I know in my line of work, if someone approached me with a health concern or something that I had never heard of before, I would always be honest and say, I've never come across this before. I am willing to go and learn about it if you want to pursue working with me. But I would say that straight up so they could then make the informed choice whether or not they choose to continue to work with me or not. Much like in any, you know, in your accountancy job, I'm sure if someone asks you a question, you're not going to just pretend that you know the answer because (laughs) more often than not, we're going to get caught out. So I appreciate that she wasn't she wasn't pretending that she knew what she was talking about but at the same time there was no effort to consider perhaps a better way of approaching things like oh okay well maybe I'll go and do a little bit of research or maybe I'll understand a bit about it but it sounds like you've got all the right people around you and that you're really informed and that you feel like you're doing the right thing for you there was none of that and that's and that's all it would have taken for me to go yeah I I do and make me feel a little bit better about the situation but you're absolutely right I do one of the wonderful things about my CrossFit gym and one of the coaches is he is a new dad his wife was pregnant throughout 2021 and they had their baby at the end of last year so he has trained his wife through pregnancy he has seen the ups and downs of that so I'm talking fresh fresh skills he's got going on he's been through it it on the other side as well exactly exactly and I think so I know that I'm in good hands I know that he appreciates the limitations that are to come and and as do I but at the same time he also understands that it's all about how I feel so if if for example something that his wife could do that I can't or vice versa he's not going to call judgment on that everyone and I know that and I trust that about him so that's that's a really reassuring thing about my my training at the moment but anyway so yeah there's my little update on my eight week other than that it was exactly as you explained it was all the tests blood tests urine tests which I would I can't remember are they to do with proteins something like that in the urine yeah so they detect a few different things Mm -hmm. um there's protein which is important ish in the start of pregnancy it can be indicate indicative of um infections Mm -hmm. but the further you get into your pregnancy when you become high risk of preeclampsia that protein showing up in your urine can be an indicator Got of it. potentially preeclampsia but it also we also look for glucose in your urine and white blood cells which again is from infection glucose is obviously if you've got um too high blood sugar yeah. you can show mm-hmm. it in your urine or if you've just eaten five snickers before you <laughs> do your urine sample I want to just tell you a little bit about how I'm feeling as it's week eight and we last speak, we spoke when I was week six. Not a lot has changed. Last time I spoke about new experiences of nausea, new experiences of exhaustion. Those things are hanging on tight. They are still hanging around and, and it's very intermittent. Most of the time now, and I, and I said this to a friend of mine earlier today who does my massage, who I saw again today, Uh, this time pregnancy I was on my side it was all very safe 
she asked me how I was feeling and I said, yeah, do you know what? I'm, I don't think I feel, I feel all right. She said, no sickness today. I said, no, no, no. And then I sort of stopped and thought about it for a moment and thought, no, no, it's definitely still there. I think I'm just used to it now. <laughs> <laughs> just used to it all the time. I'm just always feeling a little bit nauseous. The, the extremes of it are really intermittent but the constant is oh my god when that goes that's going to be amazing (laughs) you feel like a new woman it just feels normal now which is not a nice thing I guess I think the only other thing that I've noticed is how intermittent bloating can be and I know again you mentioned last week in our first episode that it's the first few weeks or the first trimester of pregnancy is like extreme PMS and that's really what I'm experiencing just extreme symptoms of pregnancy and that's why this bloating is is really weird like one day I will wake up and I will feel like I've put on a stone overnight having not done anything differently and incredibly watery and you know all of those pre-period type symptoms and the next day it will be gone and I can almost still see a little bit of my abs up top which is just so bizarre so I'm hoping that you're going to also say this is normal and I'm not abnormal good yeah completely normal it can even change like throughout the day sometimes you'll wake up like you said being able to sort of almost see your abs a little bit still like especially from the side yeah and then by the evening you've got like an almost 20 week bump going on with how bloated you are yeah Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is absolutely it, it i'm not gonna say it stops but it's more you get a bump so right. the bloating is less less noticeable because you've got a bump there right. rather than your stomach itself going up mm. and down i think the actual bloating itself probably it does subside as you get further into pregnancy but then your stomach itself moves to make way for make space for your baby mm. so you then can't eat as much anyway Mm, interesting that will be interesting because I do eat <laughs> yeah. like a horse so that, <laughs> that would be interesting yeah I mean I can deal with that that's fine so I think for the only other thing that mentioning of, of how I'm feeling really apart from the bloating apart from the consistent nausea and the intermittent exhaustion whereby I need to take a nap and I've never been a napper was just training really I have still been training and when I say I've still been training a couple of weeks ago when I came on here six weeks I'd said that I had made the decision to not train twice a day unless I really felt like it so for the last couple of weeks I've taken that mindset whereby training is really helping with my nausea and I I like to train exercise first thing so for anyone that exercises and wakes up feeling really nauseous take my word for it going to the gym feeling sick is not fun but the exercise itself seems to reduce or completely get rid of my nausea whether it's for the time that I'm exercising for a few hours for the day it differs but it really does help and because of the symptoms being related to hormones I imagine that adrenaline and endorphins that we release when we exercise has something to do with it. I'm hoping that they're they're the kind of override button. And Charlotte, you you said you had a a really good fact about endorphins. 
Yeah, endorphins themselves do help with pain. There's been a lot of studies that have looked into how endorphins being released in physical exercise can help with pain. Mm -hmm. For example, if you have a headache, then if you you wouldn't want to exercise, but doing some light exercise, obviously if you're doing light exercise and your headache is getting worse and worse, then stop. But if you're doing light exercise, the endorphins that are released can get rid of the pain of maybe a headache mm. or there's been other studies that people with chronic pain, so pain which is literally ongoing and potentially not much understanding of the cause of it, they start doing some light physical exercise, walking, um, jogging, that kind of thing. Mm. Mm. And actually they find that the pain is better mm. than it has been before, which mm. seems counterproductive because you think exercising when you're in pain is going to make you feel worse. But right. actually, it does make you feel better because of the hormones that are released. But also, it puts you in a better mental state because yeah. exercise isn't just for physical attributions. It is also for your mental mental well-being and feeling better Absolutely. and feeling more uplifted mentally. I couldn't agree more. And that is advice that I give to all my female clients in relation to when they're on the period. So we all know that we're we're, we're told when you're on your period, when you're due on your period, to, to be active because it can help relieve those symptoms of cramping. It can help relieve the symptoms that we feel so exhausted. And it's and it must be related to those those hormones that get released. Yeah, it definitely is. So, so that's definitely a recommendation on my part. If you try it and you are sick, I've also experienced that. So <laughs> I'm not saying it always works, but I'm definitely saying I would say high end 95% of the time it has been really beneficial for me to exercise when I felt nauseous so I'm sticking with that plan sticking with it so this leads me on to an article that I found in relation to a lady in America who documented her journey on a blog uh doing CrossFit throughout her pregnancy and what this led me to was she summarised a couple of things about women who do exercise during pregnancy and and the, the positives of that. Then, really interestingly, there is a very CrossFit-specific <clears throat> recommendation breakdown for all three trimesters, exercises to adapt from, from first trimester through to the last, substitute exercises etc etc and I found this really interesting and I'm going to speak to Charlotte about it and see her views on on the first trimester because that's where I'm at so the article itself I will put a link in the notes so if you all want to read it and you can also see this awesome image created by CrossFit Mums yeah CrossFitMum.com that's it, crossfitmom.com. It's a really interesting insight into recommended substitutes and such when it comes to training. But I'm just going to start by reading out one of the things that she says. And uh, she says that, so women who exercise during pregnancy have less complicated and intense labour, have less weight gain and fat deposits, recover easier postpartum, have higher energy levels, and babies of mums who exercise cope with stress of birth better, sleep through the night sooner, oh god that that excites me, <laughs> tend to be more healthy at birth and in childhood, and self-calm better. Now those things, again I'm not referencing this to anything medical, 
But those things all seem incredibly positive. Would you agree with those points? The babies of mums who exercise, those ones I wouldn't necessarily agree with. Interesting. I can't say that from a definite medical background mm -hmm. as I as far as I'm aware, I don't know of any research that has been done on that. Yeah. Um, I actually, when I was studying, did my research paper on women who exercise during pregnancy and labour and birth, which is really interesting given the um, facts that the lady that wrote this has used. Mm -hmm. And it was found that there does tend to be a correlation of people that do exercise during pregnancy and potentially having shorter labours. Oh, it was, that's... there is, it is, it is good. Um, fascinating. there's not huge amounts of research done into it. I really struggled to get good articles that had used mm. a large number of women in studies to get mm -hmm. my research. But there is a general correlation that if you exercise during pregnancy, you generally have a shorter labour and usually lower um, likelihood of using an of having an instrumental birth mm -hmm. or having a cesarean. That being said, there's a lot to be said for human anatomy. Mm. And no matter how much you exercise, if your body is not the right shape, if, if your pelvis is too small and you've grown a larger baby than your pelvis can maybe, maybe take, no matter how much exercise you do, it's trying to fit a, a square through a circle, basically. Mm. But if generally with our bodies, if you do exercise during pregnancy, usually it is a bit of a smoother labour and birth. Well, that's really positive to know. Yeah, definitely, definitely a motivator for me, yeah. for anyone who, who does currently exercise to continue. And if, yeah, I relate, if I relate that to my experience, in my <laughs> first appointment with my midwife, I... I am not surprised that women perhaps go to those appointments that do exercise are so then scared by a midwife who doesn't have a passion for fitness or perhaps the the knowledge like you or I do to then go oh, oh okay I just won't do anything because I don't want anything to potentially go wrong I completely understand why women would do that but at the same time Hearing the positives of exercise, knowing that for me personally, it reduces my nausea and my symptoms. Hopefully it will continue to, to help me out through my pregnancy. But also knowing that hopefully it should improve the, the length of, reduce the length of my labour and the intensity of that, or maybe just less complications or whatever it might be. Then that's a huge motivator. And I think knowing these things allows women to say, actually, you know, I do feel confident that I know what I'm doing when I'm exercise. If I don't, I'm going to seek the help of a professional who does and feel confident that this is the right thing for me to do for my body and my baby. And that's what's important. Instead of just thinking about the baby, it's thinking about you and the aftermath of, of having a baby inside you and recovering from that as well, which we will obviously cover later down the line. But I think for me, going into that, first appointment feeling confident because I'm a coach because I have some amazing people around me who have all the experience to say okay you have your opinion but I'm gonna I feel confident I know what I'm doing that's I'm really fortunate that I have that and I can appreciate that some women won't and they would stop themselves from doing anything at all which is the opposite of anything positive yeah, I think it really it really makes me feel for the 
the lady that goes to her booking appointment, it's her first pregnancy, she's confident that she, for example, goes to the gym three, four times a week, and she's been doing that for years and years and years, but she's maybe quite anxious about her pregnancy right. because she really, really struggled or she mm-hmm. did IVF. And then she goes to an appointment and her midwife says, no, don't, don't do that. Right. You can go for a walk and that's it. Yeah. That poor yeah. lady who is absolutely fine to carry on going to the gym. Yes, she will have to adapt her exercises, yeah. but she is absolutely fine going to the gym. Now thinks, oh no, I can't do anything. And that might put her in a, in a worse mental state absolutely. than her going to the gym. Mm-hmm. which it's it's those sort of women that you do feel for exactly like, you've yeah. done your research you completely understand the risks of doing crossfit during pregnancy and you've mm-hmm. looked into the support and your coach is really really helping you and everything like that so you are a very confident person it's mm. the people that maybe aren't necessarily so confident absolutely and don't necessarily have a good support system around mm. them to mm-hmm keep them going to the gym or doing the exercise that they do and they then feel that they need to stop for yeah basically a year because and they rely goes on for almost a year yeah <laughs> and they rely on the advice that they're getting from their direct exactly. medical professional which is a midwife exactly. so yeah i i feel for them too and i wish that we could all have midwives like you charlotte and that's why i'm <laughs> really grateful to be able to talk to you talk to my talk to my ongoing midwife and and compare notes basically it's great yeah so i'm just going to read out for the people that don't have access to see this image that i'm going to put in the notes uh that crossfitmum.com has created in relation to the first trimester so basically what it does throughout is it says first trimester second trimester it gives you different levels of ability as we go later down the line so advanced athletes beginner intermediate athletes now I would probably say that I'm an advanced athlete knowing how many times I would usually train my capabilities in terms of my skill set my strength that kind of thing but in relation to the first trimester it just talks about everyone all athletes that take part in CrossFit so her recommendations are Lower intensity workouts, no longer for time. So if a workout is for time, for example, you would have a given number of reps or exercises to complete in a given time. And the idea of it is that you do it as fast as you can to get the best possible score, which is your end time. So we're no longer aiming to do that as fast as possible. And if I'm completely honest, I still do. (laughs) So we'll come back to that. (laughs) Another one is do not increase weights when powerlifting or Olympic lifting. Do not do one, three or five rep max lifts. Do not attempt PRs, personal personal records or PBs as I like to call them, uh, personal bests. No GHT sit-ups. So for those of you that don't know what GHT is, it means glute hamstring developer. It can be used in a couple of ways, either facing the floor to work on your hamstrings and glutes or your back, or otherwise to do a sit-up, you sit on it, you lock your feet in, you relax all the way back into a full extension, touch the floor and then come back up to touch your toes. It does predominantly work your hip flexors, but your core is also stabilising throughout the movement as well. Then we've got stay hydrated, drink at least 64 ounces of water a day, which I believe is two litres. And take a fish oil, 1,000 milligrams per day. So I'm going to ignore those last two things because we're talking about training. So if I was to look through those one, two, three, four, five recommendations for the first trimester, 
I definitely do not increase the weights. I am definitely not doing anywhere near my max lifts because as I said, I am aware that I'm very strong for, for well, for anyone, whether I'm a woman or a man, it doesn't matter. I am very capable and I'm very strong. So I know I'm not lifting anywhere near that. I have done one, three or five repetition lifts, but they're nowhere near my max. So that's fine. I haven't attempted any PRs because I think that's a no-brainer. I haven't done any GHT sit-ups since seeing this, but, you know, we can discuss that. But the only thing I have definitely done is still push myself to finish workouts at intensity. So out of those five, would you agree with them, Charlotte? Would you say any of them I should particularly listen to? I kind of think I know what you're going to say. The one that I should really listen to is probably the one that I'm not doing. I would agree with the points that they've they've said to be honest I think they're all sort of very they are very much going with don't do things don't do things sort of as intensely as you like normally would do Mm -hmm. I think the one that you're going to say that you still do is pushing yourself to finish workouts yeah which I would in my professional medical opinion would advise you to potentially not do that yeah however you know your body Mm -hmm. and if you're pushing yourself to finish a workout and you know that you're pushing yourself past that comfort barrier yeah Mm. I would say definitely don't do it Mm -hmm. however if you are willing to finish a workout but maybe do it a little bit slower so say for example you were doing an exercise over it was supposed to take 10 seconds Mm -hmm. and you're willing to maybe do it over 20 seconds so that you do finish your workout but you're taking it down a peg yeah I think that would be a more okay way of of doing it mm-hmm. um and it's it's listening to your body a bit more absolutely as well yeah, yeah. but I, you you know your body best I think what if I was to relate to that thinking about the the workout so for those of you who are unfamiliar about a, how a CrossFit class or a CrossFit session might might go Usually there is a warm up, there is an element of skill, there is an element of uh, strength and then there is a wad, which is the workout of the day, which could be anything. It could be strength bias, it could be gymnastics bias, it could be conditioning bias, it could be working cardio type stuff. And anything that has been a longer workout, so for example, 10 to 20 minutes plus, I definitely have been taking easier knowing that my body was going to go up the temperature was going to increase over time. And I know that's something we spoke about last week. When the workouts have been sub five minutes, which is possible. I did one this week that took me under three and a half minutes to complete. I definitely haven't been taking that mindset of, okay, slow it down. But in hindsight, you know, looking looking forward, as you said, Charlotte, the movements weren't stressful for me. They weren't stressful for my body. There wasn't any heaviness to the movements. There wasn't any stress to my body. It was all cardio-based, body weight stuff. This was, however, the workout that I did and I threw up afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) However, in my defense, I did start the workout and actually what the session, feeling probably the most nauseous that I have done at all in my pregnancy thinking I'm going to do the usual I'm going to go to my session I'm going to let my coach know how I'm feeling I said to him I might adapt I might not finish it I might whatever 
But then I thought to myself, do you know what? Whenever I've done a session feeling nauseous, it's always made me feel better by by doing it and completing it. So, yeah, the 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 sickness at the end was it because I pushed myself? Was it because I already felt nauseous? I don't know. I can't answer that question. But I didn't feel any worse after. In fact, the relief was quite good. Actually, <laughs> got rid of whatever you needed I, to get rid of. Absolutely, absolutely. So. Uh, I will absolutely take on board what you've said and I think to be honest if I you know to conclude on on the training at the moment I am definitely listening to my body more and more as days go on there after that session um, I have been previously known to have some back issues I felt a little niggle in my back and normally I probably would have gone ah I'll just do a bit of stretching and I'll be fine I actually took two days off I didn't train at all apart from just to do loads of stretching which shows me certainly that I am definitely listening to my body more so I think it's just a matter of continuing to listen to that and adapt as 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 needed as and when but at the moment I'm still only eight weeks so I've still got four weeks left of my first trimester is that right or does it start in the yes. 13th week I, I believe it's at the end of the 12th 12th week, week. cool perfect yeah two main things that I would maybe suggest with the pushing yourself you I know that you track your heart rate don't you when you do workouts Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know what pre-pregnancy your heart rate would usually go up to yeah I would say go to maximum 70% of that if you're doing a workout and you're thinking I'm gonna push myself to the end just check your heart rate and if your heart rate is up to maybe 80-90% take a sec let yourself okay. calm down a little bit and then carry on if you do want to carry on and finish a set. I think that would be my only suggestion if you That's are going to push yourself to carry on sets. And that is a really good suggestion. And I, I used yeah. to have a, a smartwatch, but actually now I use an app on my phone connected directly to a heart rate monitor because I find it to be much, yeah. much more accurate. So I would just make sure that I have a visual on that so that yeah, I can I make that, that would decision. Be a good a good way for you to sort of be able to say like like when you were sick you'd be able to say um, in the moment yeah in the moment like you're like okay I feel really sick but my heart rate is still sitting down at Mm. I don't know (laughs) 100 that's gonna be way too low for the exercises (laughs) that you do um but if your heart rate is still down low then you could potentially push yourself a little bit through that sickness and it's likely just you feeling sick yeah but if you're feeling sick and then you check your heart rate and you're sitting at like 80 percent of what you would do normally Mm -hmm. i would maybe take that as a okay i need to just got it give myself a sec and then the other thing you mentioned about your back niggling Mm -hmm. um in pregnancy you produce a hormone called relaxin Mm -hmm. and that relaxes your ligaments to allow your pelvis to move so just be aware of that when you're doing movements not to overextend as you actually do become more flexible in pregnancy yeah if you've already got back issues you might have already been told it by your um, masseuse if you have sports massages just to be aware of that absolutely it's a conversation 100 percent right thing um by taking taking a day or two off great uh yeah it's actually a conversation that i had with her today because great minds (laughs) yeah I had I had a massage today as I said it was it was all within the boundaries of of being pregnant and being on my side and and it's all 
much more tame than it used to be but we spoke about that and the possibility of having sdp or spd, SPD. Is it? yeah there we go spd if i get it right uh and yeah i'm i'm completely aware that having had back problems in the past it definitely means that i am more prone to potentially getting it so again it's just given me another reason to be sensible and really listen to my body and take a step back which i've absolutely done and and it and it feels fine and and actually today it was really beneficial having the massage today and speaking to her about it because it's just reminded me again as have you today for things that instead of just pushing through i do really need to just say my purpose right now is to be a safe home for my growing baby not to be a progressive athlete that's <laughs> that can come in time in time but not now so well I really appreciate actually again I've learned something again today definitely I think my only final question is because Ollie and I've been talking about having one final holiday before we are three no more two and I'm just interested to know about sun exposure and sensitivities to that being pregnant if that's a thing and travel I guess just in a nutshell really is there any restriction to to flying when you're pregnant so travel advice always go with the airlines recommendations some airlines will let you travel until you're 36 weeks pregnant with a singleton Mm -hmm. baby I personally would not fly at 36 weeks. Um, That is obviously if someone was flying home to their home country or anything like that. You are absolutely fine to fly as long as you usually have to get either a midwife or a GP to sign off of it to fly. Mm -hmm. Make sure you take your notes with you, your notes that your midwife would have given you at your booking Mm -hmm. appointment. They have to go everywhere with you. They are now your Bible. They do Mm -hmm. not leave your bag. Okay. And the other main thing would be, like you said about sun exposure, so when you're pregnant you are more prone to being sunburnt because of the sensitivity in your skin. Mm. So just to sort of be aware of that. Also, you don't really want to start dehydrating yourself, so if you're a bit of a sun worshipper, I would recommend don't sit in the sun so much. Mm-hmm. Have shorter stints in the sun and then some time, time in the shade to cool off. Make sure you stay really well hydrated mm-hmm. and if you maybe usually wear factor 30 sun cream i'd probably go up to a factor 50 i know that does seem extreme but with the sensitivities um from the sun the last thing you want to do is go and get yourself sunburnt because also when you sunburn you feel it makes you feel rubbish anyway mm, yeah. and if you're pregnant you don't want to you don't want to be doing anything that's going to make you feel more rubbish absolutely <laughs> than you do already i think it's more just you know making sure that I'm staying safe but also knowing that it's probably going to be the last opportunity for 18 plus years to be alone with Ollie thank you so much for today Charlotte again you have taught me I'm learning every single time we chat which is so 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 helpful and really reassuring as well so I hope that the, the listeners as well are experiencing something the same perhaps you might have a question for Charlotte Charlotte will be back with us so if you do have any questions for Charlotte perhaps you've had your first appointment or you've got a midwife that you haven't felt comfortable with asking her some questions about your training or anything else then please do get in touch and of course if you've got any comments or anything that you want to share about your journey I would absolutely love to hear it anything that can help me on my journey 
I, I'm all for it. So you can get in touch at info at MishaPT.com or head to the episode notes and you'll find all the social media there so you can get in touch with me on DM if that's easier for you. So what's to come? Like I say, we'll be discussing my dating scan, how I'm feeling at the end of my first trimester and what I'm really excited about. In an upcoming episode, I'll be talking to my first interviewee talking about their personal CrossFit and pregnancy experience. So we will have another outlook of someone that has lived through it and hopefully learn a lot from them and their experience. So thanks again, Charlotte. Thank you. And we will catch up really soon. Guys, thanks again for listening. I will be back with episode three in very, very short space of time, I'm sure. For now, subscribe, like, share with anyone that you might think would benefit from hearing this or perhaps they're a new mum, perhaps they're pregnant or perhaps they're thinking about starting a family please do share and get in touch. Take care and I'll see you all soon.